Welcome to Growth Colony. I'm Alex Hipwell with X-Growth. On this podcast, you'll be hearing from B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what's going on and what they're doing in the exciting world of B2B. Today, we're talking to Michael Doherty, Head of Business Development at Smarter City Solutions, an Australian software and technology services organization that is leading the way with integrated parking systems. Shaheen and Michael discuss what companies need to take into consideration if they want to sell to government. That's right, today we're talking B to G. How should the marketing team approach it and what should sales be doing? On that note, let's dive in. Michael, thanks for joining us. Shane, thanks so much for having me. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure. So we're talking B2G, we're talking government, and this this is definitely a hot topic these days considering how much money basically is flowing out of the government and, and this the, the the mandates that government entities have to to spend in order to stimulate the, the economy but also government is always a big spender so I guess you know the the first question that I have is is what would you say are some of the some of the most clear differences between selling and marketing to the private sector and selling and marketing to the government and public sector? I think um, one of the clear differences on the selling side is is the sales cycle and its length. So um, from from my experience selling into the private sector, and we have solutions for the private sector, the, there can be a need identified within that business. They can look around and go to the market. They can see a clear business case and and make a make a decision internally in their operation and execute very quickly. The government executes very slowly. <laughs> the, the the length of that sales cycle is going to make yeah. you go old. Yeah, and 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 I was at a uh, at a conference a few years ago and in Brisbane, and and someone was talking about this this very topic about big organisations like business and small organisations like startups, and how government can kill startups. Those long sales cycles can actually be terminal for for a small organisation that's uh, you know looking for some initial cash flow. Fortunately, in our business, we're we're not that small and we're we're well tuned to to surviving those long sales cycles. But I think the answer to your question is is, is clearly um, you know a, a, a private organisation can execute on a on a decision very very rapidly and and due to a number of reasons government have these these procurement needs and their own internal abilities to to get a budget together and it just it's just so much slower yeah very interesting and is, is there is there any difference in terms of you know how you talk to a government entity versus how you talk to a a private entity like you know, would you say the mandates of the people that are there are a little bit different, or you know, those are kind of the same in the two? They're, they're largely the same. I, I would I would say one of the subtle differences is that a, a decision maker in government quite often feels comfortable to to choose you and to build some requirements, for example, around the offering being presented to them if it's been done elsewhere. So, so the, 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 the tilt, let's say, between, hey, I'm innovative, I've got the latest and greatest 
best of breed solution that's just hitting the market for you might be attractive to the private sector. Whereas that needs to skew slightly to, hey, we've got a proof of capability. We've we've got operations in all of your neighbours. Hey, you've got to you've got to better the Joneses. Come and come and uh, do what what your your peers in your industry are doing. That's that's slightly more of a tilt when you when you're talking to government. They really need that comfort, and I suppose the the appetite versus adversity to to risk is is slightly different. Yeah, social proof becomes a lot more important than uh, than I mean, it's still important in in other sectors, but over here probably becomes even more important. One of the things that I'm always fascinated by, and we're always trying to figure out, and what is, what are some of the best best ways to do it is, you know, how how to open doors in, into government, right? What what are some of the strategies that you implement in order to open doors and get meetings and start conversations in uh, for with with government entities uh, it's it's a slow burn it, it, it's it's really that's that's an area where I don't think there is a lot of difference it, people buy from people right so if I'm if I'm picking up the phone and introducing myself to someone for the first time because I've learned through my research that that that's a person uh, worthwhile talking to they can influence and make decisions in that organization then then I'm I'm just going to very quickly and succinctly explain what it is that I'm wanting to talk to them about and why I think it would be in their interests to just invest 45 minutes 60 minutes in having having a meeting with me and I think in Australia especially and even more so selling to government it's it's got to be soft right I'm sure that decision makers in various levels of government have their phone ring every day and there's someone keen as mustard on the end of the line that's that's motivated to get that purchase order ASAP and and to me and from my experience selling to government that that's getting off on the wrong foot Government buyers like to see consistency. They they grow a relationship very slowly. They feel comfort, and then the ability to then uh, get more meetings, get more FaceTime, uh, get more of the message across, and influence uh, you know a future requirement statement, for example, just gets easier over time. So you've you've got to, as a sales professional, set out with an expectation that this is not going to happen this quarter. This is this is an investment that's 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 a long investment, and and if I convey that tone, I, from my experience, it brings a lot more success over time. But it's a it's a pipeline building exercise that's uh, it's often slow to bring the bring the ringing of the bell. Yeah, not it's a pipeline building exercise, but not for the 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 weak hearted. Um, <laughs> you you got to have the stamina for uh, for building that kind of pipeline. Do you in, think in, in more yeah. ways than one? You've got to have the business behind you. You've got to have the ability to survive, and then as a, as a sales professional, you've got to have that mindset. Yeah. Do you think relationships are more important in government than they are in public sector? In in private sector, I think relationships equally as important, whether it be the private sector or or, or the government sector. Um, and and in either case, people can change and and move around. And we're seeing, especially, you know, in these present times, uh, organisations are changing in size. They're therefore having no choice but to restructure the person that you've been talking to about your product uh, for the last 24 plus months may all of a sudden change out and, and, and you've got to do your best 
to uh, to to sort of transition that and and bring the new person up to speed and 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 not lose any traction when it comes to to that relationship. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. Uh, Shane, because I think. you know you know the reason I ask is you know how how somebody would go and this this is common quite in a lot of organizations where where they would go and they would hire a salesperson from Telstra, right? They've been in Telstra for a couple of years. They have a rolodex of contacts. And they they bring them in, and I always wonder if you know if that is even more effective with government compared to private sector. But it doesn't. It seems like you, you feel like it's it's pretty much pretty much at the same level. Yeah, that's a that's a pertinent question because I'm looking at growing our sales team right at the moment, and and it's it would be very attractive for me to to poach someone out of my industry who's got that rolodex as as you refer to. Because when that individual picks up the phone and, and calls somebody and says, "Hey, I'm 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 not at Company A now. I'm, I'm at Company B," there's an immediate, um, you know, inqu- inquisitiveness and a, and a conversation. The ice is well and truly broken. There never was any ice, and and you push on. To take someone from outside of the industry and say, "Right, let's get you up to speed." Let's um, either communicate or at least have internally in the management team some kind of expectation about time to, to, to bear fruit. I know from my days in the IT industry, a salesperson moving into an IT firm to build their pipeline and start bringing in revenue had six months. If it was a, a blend of, of B2G and, and, and B2C, for example, I think in, in this space, you would be very pleased if uh, someone's activities that started inside the last six months started turning into purchase orders, um, yeah, at, least, at least at least of any any substantial size. I mean, you could throw in exceptions like you know go to market thresholds where where organisations can can pull the trigger on very small purchases quickly. But for large purchases, yeah, I'd be I'd be smiling like a Cheshire cat if my sales guy had uh, had turned something around inside six months. <laughs> I'll definitely let you know if I come across someone. <laughs> but uh, you know, one of the one of the challenges that we have when we work with our clients and they're, you know, they're targeting through our agency and they're targeting government is specifically for opening opening doors is, you know, we use like a lot of gifts for private sector. And that all of a sudden is a no-no. And it's, it's a minefield when it comes to government. And you can send gifts, but then there are some government entities that are like $20 limits. And then there are some government entities that are $300 limits. And there's no standard of like, this is the minimum. So all of a sudden, th- those strategies all of a sudden fall apart. How how would you approach you? Let's say you have a government entity on your target account list, right? And you know nobody in there. What are some of the strategies that you would leverage to get to know that person and connect with them? Yeah, I've, I, I once heard, and I can't remember the, ex, the exact quote, but I once heard salespeople likened to different breeds of dogs, right? So there's there's some that are aggressive and they're the pit bull and, and, and they'll just go and bash on the door and go and introduce themselves <laughs> and, 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 and figure it out. And then at the other end of the scale, I think it was a chihuahua or something where where the salesperson would do a lot of research, right? So, and, and I like to think I'm somewhere in the middle, but I certainly do do research. So, if, if I had heard through my network that um, there's this new entity or there's an entity I've not spoken to and they're, they're, they're going to be worthwhile speaking to, it, you've got to do research, right? Google's your friend. LinkedIn is even even a bigger friend. 
However, having said that, doing some of this research just yesterday, I, I continue to be surprised by organisations and individuals within large semi-government organisations and government organisations that are not on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of frustrating as a, as a sales professional, but it's a case of using a multitude of, of tools in your toolkit. Sometimes you've got to get in through an industry colleague that might have a complementary product, in, in our case, technology. Yeah, you might you might just go straight up to the to the receptionist. You might just phone phone the the switchboard number and uh, and just uh, for for a minute or two build a relationship with that person. And that that tends to be my style as well. It's to to not hide the fact you're making a cold call. I love it. Yesterday, I, I phoned an organisation and I got to the right the right department, and then I just said to that 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 person really quickly, "This is what we do." This is the other organisations like yours that we do it for. Can you help me by directing me to the right person? And uh, sometimes you get a, an old-fashioned gatekeeper and they, and they say, send an email to company at companyname.com. Uh, and then, and then on <laughs> Nobody this sees it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then uh, on this occasion, the lady went away and she came back and she said, I'm going to put you straight through to first name, last name. Uh, oh, wow. Personal talk to you now. And, uh, that's gold dust. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think the tone and the and, and the demeanor and, and how you behave it, it, it's it's um yeah, it's 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 important and it and it can result in different outcomes. Got it. Got it. What do you think salespeople and marketers need to understand about the internal dynamics of of government entities in order to be able to market to them better and sell to them better? We've touched on this a little bit. But is there is there anything else that you think marketers and salespeople need to keep in mind when they're dealing with government? Yeah, I think I think you know we all we all read the news every day and, and we live in a very dynamic and fast changing world. But but government has themes, they have news, they have things that are topical to to them. But they're not fast changing and, and they're not rapid. So you know you might you might take a, a buzzword for example like big data. And and everyone thinks, yeah, big data is yesterday. No one's talking about big data. No one's talked about it for, for, for five years. Well, you might get a couple more years out of out of that uh, directive inside a government organization because they've got some budget attached to to smart city or big big data or you know, some motivation that could have come down from federal funding. It could have something to do with an environmental Kyoto promise that's got some federal budget wrapped around it that then comes down into state, which quite often comes down into local government as well. So I think you've just got to be mindful of where those little pots of gold are. What's on the mind of the of the prospect on any given day? And it may be quite different to a non-government organisation. Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of MarTech you're thinking to purchase? Well, that's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals, hear what others are doing and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. You'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars, and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash slack and sign up. That's growthcolony.org forward slash slack. 
what about events? Where do where do events come into play? I mean, especially let's let's talk pre-COVID and post-COVID mm. when it comes yeah. to government. Shane, events are massively important in in what we do because the the attendees are there, right? They're they're the, they don't have their receptionist and their automatic glass gates uh, keeping keeping the salespeople away. They're they're in the same building, and it's it's a very very busy time for us. Uh, not only during the let's say three days of the conference, if we're talking about that kind of event, but the but the lead up to it, and and most importantly the follow up that that happens afterwards. You talked earlier about gifts. We often do prize giveaways, pull someone's business card out of a fishbowl, all, all of those sorts of things to try and, and again, just, just make it a pleasant experience for, for people. They, I can't buy a coffee for someone I meet with in local government. I, I've pretty much given up trying. Um, it's like, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll walk out of their office building, we'll go to the cafe, I'm going to have a skim flat white, Mr. Prospect, what would you like? So, no, I need, to, I need to buy my own. That's how crazy the the gift thing's gotten. Whereas uh, if if we're at an event, you know that that could, that can change. They're, that person is surrounded by my competitors. They're not just exclusively dealing with me. If if there's a a drink or something, I'll that, have that, that bowl of be, champagne. No problem. Taken, yeah, <laughs> something something like that. So yeah, that's that's a very very important time for us and our business and, and our and our ability to market. And that's a that's that's almost like a, a a whole different podcast. I think it's like how do you how do you attract someone to your stand? How do you work out ahead of time who the who the key people are? Who's on your on your hit list? How do you divide up your time? Because before you know it, three days are gone, and you're like, oh, I really wanted to talk to that person and. And that person, and then um, then you do your debrief and sit back and look at the event. And say how can we how can we do it do it better? So, COVID was obviously a big challenge. We'd, we'd set aside budget, we'd uh, paid deposits, we'd worked out our, our travel plans. You obviously try and make make good use of your airline tickets and that sort of thing. So you set up some meetings before in that town and some meetings after in that in that town, and and you're all excited to go. And then the the the, the plug gets pulled. On the physical face-to-face event, and and I really feel sorry for the event industry. They tried, they did some um, Zoom type type conferences, and some people gave presentations in a in a uh, in a Zoom type fashion. But it's it's not the same for a marketer, a marketer and a salesperson having an expo floor with a, a booth of a certain size and a, a, a space of a certain size and and a lot of effort goes into how that looks and feels and sounds and um, yeah we're we're chomping at the bit for those physical events to come back yeah fair enough you touched on innovation and change in organization you gave the big data example and you know the, the Smart City Solutions is a quite innovative, innovative company, and with the solutions that you offer. But how do you how do you see how do you enable change and innovation in government because it's so slow? Because it's big data was five years ago, and then two years ago there was an initiative. Three years ago there was an initiative in government that they're like, oh, we should look into that. And then three years later the budget was approved. So now everybody, the world has moved on. And then they're, and, and they're talking about big data. How do you enable government to, uh, when it comes to innovation? I think the short answer is hard work. We're, we're pushing our solutions 
you know, and it's interesting. If you take one one of our one of our products is a parking payment app. So there's there's a clear B to G and B to C marketing exercise. And the reason I bring that up is I think in answer to your question, I'll go around the country and I'll talk to a to a provider of, of parking and say this is this is really what you you need to be doing. And and seven, eight years ago, I was explaining to people what this concept was. Right, so you know this, this is a smartphone. This is an app. You can actually find parking, pay for parking using an app, and that conversation's now now changed. And it's a combination of I've been out there talking and educating the market for long enough that they get it. But my my, my second point is that we've really uh, shown success and marketed those early adopters through the b2c channel right so we've we've got a fantastic user experience when it comes to what the what the motorist does and then we we communicate with them and we survey them every 12 months for example and we encourage them to say to the other places that they could use our technology hey you know you guys should be you guys should be uh, looking at this technology and that's that's one of the upsides of selling to government because you are essentially talking to elected officials, right? If I'm talking to my local municipality, I can say to my, my local member, this, this, this municipality is behind. Um, look what I do over the road, you know, the, at, at your neighbours. I've got this innovation. I've got this, this technology that's, that's working really well. So I think as is the case in a, in a lot of marketing businesses, you've got to find a way, or I've got to find a way at least, to balance the push and the pull. I want to be communicating to the decision maker, but I also want others to communicate to that decision maker and, um, and, and really pull them along. And as we said earlier in this uh, conversation, they're, they're, they're happy and comfortable to follow another organisation. The real challenge for me in my role is is seeking out the individual inside government that actually has an appetite for innovation and change. That's that's a rare beast. And uh, once you once you can grab hold of of one of those people, then you can snowball it over time. Yeah, because there's there there are challenges, right? There you might you might come across someone with the right title, but they're really thinking about retirement. They're really <laughs> thinking about you know I'm going to be retiring in three years time. I don't want to change anything. Just, just let me be. Right? Is that is, are those the kind of people that you, you you do come across? Yeah, absolutely. And there was one organisation where I was, uh, you know, trying to get in, and I found this person was the decision maker. It was an elderly gentleman, and I and I furnished him with the with the um, features and benefits of our offering, and. There were some other people kind of in the periphery that weren't sort of key decision makers in, in that area, but, but they were obviously in a supporting role. And um, yeah, and the particular example of, I'm, I'm thinking of, just out of the blue one day, I went to an event and the, the usual person that, that uh, I would have spoken to that I knew was approaching retirement wasn't there. And I got to know the the the, the sort of uh, the representative from from this organisation just a little bit a little bit better in a very quick conversation. And this lady said, "Yeah, I, I know who you are, and and we're going to be talking very soon." Um, and it was like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, she does remember me." And she's now in a decision making role, and I didn't realise that she was chomping at the bit to move into that role once that individual had retired, and instigate fantastic change and implement innovation then it was just all a matter of things had to happen in a in a certain order so yeah that that was a 
that was a lesson for me. Don't look at someone who you think you're not going to get any traction with and give up because it might actually be be a little bit surprising. That will be that could potentially be the key person. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing a lot more handholding and helping business case building business case studies for when when you're dealing with with government entities or or not really? That's like a hands off thing. Case studies we we do, and I'm actually reviewing all of our case studies right right at the moment. It's quite topical. But one area that's a challenge in B2G is a lot of government organizations will not endorse a product. So I could implement something with a private organization. I can have my uh, delivery team and my technology guys do the the great work that they do and, and hand over a fantastic project on time, on budget, make that that individual in government look like a rock star, you know, or in, or in a private industry look like a rock star. And the question do you mind if I get a, a reference from you? Can I get a can I get a written quote? In government, eighty percent of the times probably no. In in private sector, eighty percent of the times yes. So yeah, that's that's yeah, that's, that's very true. I've 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 had governments give us a testimonial. You can take away the logo and the name and and the photo of the person and read the quote, and you'd be like, this came from government, didn't it? <laughs> it's just it's just so bland, so simple. They did the job well. We enjoyed working with them. And that, you know, that was like something in those lines. And you could definitely tell this came from government and and it, it's just as tamed as possible, the, the quote. Well, Michael, this is this has been awesome. I have a few rapid questions that I want to ask you. But before I kind of ask those questions, is there anything else that you think we I didn't ask or we need to touch on when it comes to selling and marketing to to, to government? I, th- I think you did you did touch on the people aspect of it, and I think a sales professional, if they believe in their product, and that's something that's really important to me, and all the way through throughout my career, if a person believes in their offering and their service whether it's the slow burn in government or whether it's something a little bit more exciting in the private sector, it, 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 it has the same result. People can sense in a, in a marketing exercise or in a, in a sales engagement, the, the passion and, and think again, I think selling in this country is, is fun. It's a fair income thing. People want to understand whether they're going to be let down or whether they're going to be made to look good. And um, most Australians enjoy implementing innovative solutions. So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. And um, I think over a sales professional and marketing professional's career selling to government, you just adapt. But, uh, yeah, you got you got to keep smiling and you got to... you got to adapt. That's you got to have fun, right? Yep. Yeah, you don't do that. You're done. You're out of the door. Okay, I'm going to ask these four rapid questions, okay? First question is, what is one resource? This could be a book, it could be a blog, it could be a podcast, it could be a talk, whatever it is that fundamentally changed the way you work or live. Probably a short course I did at the Australian Institute of Management. I think it was called Selling Skills or something like that when I was very young. And there's some things that I just take for granted that I learned in that. And I was thinking about it just recently. You should never, never take that education for granted. I've definitely had selling courses and they are game changer. You're absolutely right. I love it. Question number two, if you could give one advice to B2B or B2G marketers or salespeople, what would it be? The pace at which your expectations are set, just slow things down and uh, set your expectations at the appropriate timeline, and uh, you'll you'll achieve success if you if you're setting the bar at the right at the right spot. 
Yeah, that's very true. Just have have patience and and hang in there. Hang yeah, in there. Exactly. Well, number three is what are some of the influencers that you follow in the in the sales and marketing space? Some of the people I do keep an eye on from time to time, and not necessarily about sales and marketing. They're they're business leaders. So yeah, Simon Sinek is someone out of the US that I just think reminds us of common sense stuff all the time. So like, yeah, you know, he's got he's got a book called uh, True Leaders Eat Last or, or something along along those lines. Team building, just just little reminders from time to time. Little uh, four minute videos I, I, I watch just to kind of compare your organization and your team and the positivity to to other organizations because you know you can get you can get pretty caught up looking inside it's good in the to weeds. look outside every now and again yeah very true it's yeah. so easy to get caught up in, in the weeds and the last one is what kind of excites you right now about the b2g space today I think when you look at the pandemic, every government everywhere around the world has a massive responsibility to get the economy back up and running. People have had to rely on uh, stimulus in one way, shape or form. And and I think as we uh, hopefully touch wood return to, to normal, B2G is not a bad place to be. You know, the, the, the government will always be there. And um, as, as, <laughs> as, as, uh, one large city council said to me just yesterday in a joking fashion, we're, we're good for the money. We, we can pay the invoice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, there, there's, certainly some, there's certainly some upside. Yeah. There are not a lot of ins- insolvencies that happen there, huh? No, no. no sounds right. good. Well, yeah. Michael, I, I really appreciate it. This has been a great conversation, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Uh, if if somebody wants to know more about Smart smart City Solutions, what, what's the best way for them to find out? So, yeah, our, our website is uh, smartercitysolutions.com. And yeah, there's there's going to be some material going up there over the over the next little while as we as we continue to to drive that medium in our business as a, as I talked about earlier. And uh, Shane, it's been great to chat. Thanks for having me. No pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Michael. Great. Talk soon. Hey, it's Alex again from X Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.